Hello everyone, welcome to our direct talks. Today we have a special session, Angela Hill, our head of development. Hi, how are you doing? How did you start the day? Hey everyone, so I'm really happy uh, to be here. I think it's a great opportunity uh, to showcase what we have been doing uh, alongside uh, Starkware and all of of the sponsors of this hackathon and I'm doing great. So I hope that everyone enjoys uh, the show. Amazing, amazing. Well, as you say, during this Twitter space, we will introduce and discuss about the StarMet Winter Hackathon. So let's talk about the challenge, which is a platform and it's an open invitation to developers and innovators to show off their skills by building projects on the StarNet ecosystem and also with StarNet products. Um, there are over than 30k dollars in prices and hackers of all levels are invited to join and make an impact on the StarNet stack. But well, who better than me to talk about the hackathon than Luis Goodman, the ecosystem lead of StarWare. Are you there, Luis? How are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to your chat. Great, great. I would like to ask you first to introduce yourself and your role on, on StarNet and StarWare. And after that, we can start with the, with the questions. Sure. Thank you very much. So um, so let me introduce myself. So I'm Louis Gutmann. Um, I was the ecosystem lead at Starkware until like uh, last week. And now I'm head of market product, uh, product market strategy. Um, and I've been in crypto for eight years, been at Starkware for almost five years now. Um, and for the last two years and a half, I've been in basically working towards making the ecosystem um, and the builders building on StarkNet grow, be successful, and find whatever they are looking for that would make them successful. And so the purpose of the hackathon we are co-organizing with you guys is to find the new talent that would create the next generation of app that, that will change the way we use crypto and ideally find new use cases and new usage for people to play, to use, to benefit from the infrastructure that we are all building. And what is like, how do you see which opportunity you see there? Sorry, I didn't hear. Can you repeat? I think you talked and I couldn't hear anything. Yeah, yes, of course. Uh, I was asking what inspired you to create a, the challenge, the hackathon, and what do you see on hackathons? What opportunity you see? Sure. Oh, uh, so, so, you know, like the hackathon of being crypto, one of the, the bread and butter of innovation. Um, just to give you a, a few perspective, uh, Chainlink, I think, was created the hackathon. Uniswap was definitely created the hackathon project. And many more, uh, Brick on StarkNet started the Hackathon project and many more started this way. The whole purpose of Hackathon is forcing yourself as a creator, as a dev, as a builder um, to, you know, finally find the energy to go the extra mile in your ideas in your um, creation. Like, you know, you're thinking about something, you're like, okay, I'm, I should be doing it. But like giving, giving yourself the push to actually make it happen. And so... What was the reasoning is because as we are heading towards East Denver, happening uh, end of February, um, I wanted to we wanted to spot and talk to the new upcoming dev that wants to try the new thing so we can meet them in, in Denver. 
That's the first one. Also, we had a lot of very successful experience with various hackathons, including Teikai. We did one in December. And um, the end goal is to see what kind of new application can people can build different on StarkNet. And there are many. You have active abstraction. You have zero-knowledge proof. You have verifiability of proofs. You have uh, all new type of DeFi, an all new type of game, Dojo, infrastructure for Rodo to use Pragma. You have the choice to look at this, what we need to build as an ecosystem, as an as a industry, for us to bridge the gap and make, make better infrastructure and better tool for people to use worldwide. All right. But you are seeing, linking me to, to the next question that I have this. Are you looking for a particular use case during this to address something? Ah, that's a very good one. So, so the short answer is yes and no. Like, I mean, if I was, a, you know, if I was an entrepreneur, I would be an entrepreneur. I want to see what the the guy out there, the people out there, the creator of tomorrow have in mind. Because if I knew where building, they wouldn't be creative. So hmm. the short answer is no. Now, what do I know? There are opportunities, at least on Starknet and elsewhere, is new type of DeFi, new type of tokenization, um, uh, and new type of project leveraging on-chain gaming and financialization, for instance. That's a cool thing. Or new infrastructure using uh, trustless Oracle, new type of bridges. We already see that on Starknet. There's something called Yab that is using Rodotus. We're seeing a new type of Oracle with Pragma. What can you finally be or that you couldn't be built before? A lot of people are looking at on-chain gaming or looking at the kind of abstraction, looking like the new type of UX. For instance, I'll give you an idea. Why is the UX and the onboarding of crypto in a DEX worse than a centralized exchange? Think about it. Why does it have to be this way? It doesn't have to. And we are facing this every day. Like, why are we not enjoying the same easiness when you connect to Dynon than, you would, than when you connect to, let's say, um, GMX on another chain? Or the, the, this is the sort of like things I wish we were able to solve. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what people want to build. Amazing. I, I agree with you. And also I would like to ask to Enrique his perspective on this topic and also to the impact that could make the hackathon start net ecosystem. Uh, yeah, so I totally agree with Luis here. I think these is, uh, um, are very good opportunities in this case for Starkware to showcase its products. But I think more than that is to give the opportunity um, to the builders to showcase what can be done exactly with those products. I think this is very important because it also helps Starkware to align even better the product market fit. Uh, I think everyone that builds uh, stuff likes to have uh, a relatively close connection with the company that is issuing those tech stacks. I think that's a, a thing that we have been in the past. So hackathon users love to have this type of connection and proximity. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited for this one because I, I really love what Starkware team is doing, um, in the, in the term, in terms of tech stack. But I think that with hackathons, we really open, uh, the frontiers of innovation because, uh, if we have a lot of ads thinking in a different way, we will uh, have different results for the, for the same tech stack. So I think in a nutshell, this is a great opportunity to have builders, but also users of the tech that is in place to showcase what can be done, what should be done and what could be the route of the product. 
that that is the most important point, uh, at least from from my perspective. Yeah, that's nice. We we also I saw a, a tweet I think yesterday from Starnet that is one of the ecosystem with more developers right now, right, Luis, or with the more uh, growth of developers in the last months. Uh, yes. So so um so what you're referring to is a developer report by Eight Capital, and so um that's a very interesting question you're asking. So, um. Starknet has been having the fastest growth above, of all ecosystem um, for the last three years or, or overall. So um, we finally reached a point where we are Starknet has been on par with in-depth adoption with the top 10 project for the longest time. Uh, right now, we slowed down a bit because it's much easier to go from, let's say, 10 dev to 20 dev than going from uh, 500 devs to 1,000 devs. So we are slowing the growth in relative number, in absolute number, we are the fastest growing ecosystem under four years old uh, of all crypto. And the cool thing about our ecosystem specifically that it's an ecosystem that is built, like that only, like, you know, they're not copying from anywhere else. They can't because you can't just fork Uniswap and go back to OP or something. What you can do on something, you have to believe from scratch, from first principle. And so all the like 800 devs or maybe more, I don't remember exactly, exactly the numbers of the full-time devs that we have, all those devs are basically building things that are new, just, just grown breaking, just completely new. And so that's very, very exciting to me. Um, and so um, there is a lot of excitement of what starting can enable, and we should expect a lot of people to start to start doing a lot of interesting, a lot of um of new projects. And this is kind of why like the sort of like story that sort of build up right now around Starknet is like just, you know, if you want to build different, that's a Starknet to go. That's the start way, start way. Build different. That's the way to go. Amazing. Amazing. I I will move forward with the next question that it's about the this thing of organizing a hackathon, the challenge. What are the main ones that you face when you decide to organize this initiative? So, so I mean, the, the, the biggest issue, I mean, the hardest thing in the hackathon is to find the devs and the builders and the entrepreneurs and the designers that want to to try things out at this time. You know, you need to reach the new audience. You try to, it's easy to talk to people you already know. You want to reach to new people. You want to reach to the, the people that do not, does not show, know you yet. That's why we work part time with you guys. Um, and the whole purpose is see how we can expand the reach, expand the knowledge, expand the information for anyone to who is interested to be aware of what's going on so they can, you know, enjoy and benefit from this event. Um, and so that's why I'm looking forward for, for, for this collaboration to see how our shared communication, how we can bring more people in uh, in, a, in a way that, you know, we guarantee high quality project to come out. Right, and I think also including different tracks and also including uh, sponsors or StarNet ecosystem projects inside the challenge with their main bounties is a way to to, to spread the word about the hackathon and also invite more more developers. Uh, what do you think about it? Uh, do, do you, I mean, what I mean, what is so important so, for you? So, so you know, we I we don't build StarNet for ourselves. We build StarNet for the 
community that wants to use it. And so what's amazing right now about StarkDent is that there is so many sub-ecosystems already happening, uh, which is, I think is quite, quite unique in, in the landscape uh, of the ecosystem where we have genuine organic community building things from the grown up and building the building things that are getting people excited. So obviously the biggest one, the one that gets the most people excited right now is Dojo and on-chain gaming. And I can explain a bit more about why on-chain gaming matters so much. And I always get like to, to give this perspective, which is to me, on-chain gaming is a guinea pig of what the web of tomorrow is going to look like. Meaning having servers that can run operation trustlessly thanks to ZK in a centralized way, like you would do on a regular on Facebook or Google, or whatever app you're using and just be able to accept money in and out and be able to live forever if the company disappear. You know, there's always an example I give for people who watch the movie Ready Player One. So Ready Player One is this movie where um, the whole world is living in this sort of metaverse, which is a video game made by the creator of the game. And the whole movie is like the, the, the creator dies and um, the ownership of this world will belong to the one who sold a bunch of riddles, a bunch of games. And there is something that is not discussed in the movie. I don't even know if it's discussed in the book, but it's not discussed in the movie at least, which is how crazy is it that the, the, the faith of the whole world, the faith of all the, the conceivable world, which is this digital world where they live in, belongs on the faith and of a benevolent dictator. This should not be. If we want to live in a world that is not a complete dystopia, we need to live in a world where when we create digital words or digital application, they should be able to live forever. And we have seen over time, application, web app, disappear from the face of the earth and taking with them all the knowledge that they were created. A very famous example is something called GeoCity, uh, which was um, tried to be restored and stored by uh, a bunch of uh, internet archive. Uh, there has been MySpace, there has been many apps where the knowledge was built into it got lost to the faithful world because there was no easy way to make it live forever. So one example, being able to live forever. Now the other way around is I want to create my app. I want to create this game. I want to create this social app and I want to accept money. And right now, you know, you have to go through um, to Stripe or some, ran some random provider that would take a big cut and also might refuse your transaction because you know what? Uh, they too prove for you. you. You like to make um, good, like, you know, I don't know, I'm going to shock people, pornographic, you want to say pornographic uh, drawing. You are entitled to, by the way, that's actually a funny thing. Most comics writers also in their spare time under fake name write pornographic comics. It's a very common thing. And still, the financial system thinks that, oh, it's disgusting. But who are they to judge what people do? And so this is where the, 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 the financialization of the application would come and being able to accept money in and out trustlessly will have huge value. Summarize, on-chain gaming is very fascinating space because it's the first type we're getting to the new type of a new type of internet. Now, we also have DeFi, you know, we've been, you know, very often kicked out of application because um, crypto is not uh, pure enough, not kosher enough, as one would say. And um, we are right now in DEX, the DEX world still subpart to the centralized experience. Why is that? There is no reason. We have like an abstraction now. We have a best, a new ways to ram people, a new way to scale things. We should do better, and that's what I'm looking for.
And also we want to fix infrastructures that are more um, reliable, more likely to, to survive over time. And so uh, this is why, you know, things like Pragma, things like uh, Herodotus are giving you the trustless oracle, the trustless da outside data that one needs to make it and provide a real world usage to the application. And so I'm starting to see like on starting at least a bunch of very cool apps like Focus Tree, like Carbonable, trying to bring the bridge the gap between you know, what people can do and what people want to do. And I'm looking forward for other people and devs and projects in this hackathon to build an application and uh, make, make this whole tech useful. And so to finalize on this, why we invited all of those projects and all their ecosystem? Because we want to help them grow their own inner community. So whatever they're building will be used by the masses and will be, uh, make them successful too. Yeah, I, I was listening to you, Louis, and uh, my perspective has been especially related to adoption. So the gaming industry has been one of the biggest um, like families out there because people are very, very keen to the games that they play. So it's very, it's, it's a big group of people, but they are all connected to the same kind of hobbies and, and things that they like to do. I think that our ecosystem could really leverage on that specific ecosystem because it's huge. And once that people that play the games uh, on and on every day on their lives, I think if they if they see an opportunity to have an even a better experience, not only on the gaming side of things, but everything that we can do with the, the technology, I think we will actually accelerate adoption way faster than any other ecosystem. I think it's even better than the standard financial transition that we are seeing. Um, this is my personal opinion. I, I, I was wondering uh, the fact that you feel so fascinated about uh, the gaming industry starting to come up um, as a blockchain projects and ecosystems, if that's the same perspective that you share with me. 100%. I 100% agree with you. It says one of the next big reason why on-chain gaming will become big. And by the way, I think by the, by the time we won't call it on-chain gaming, on-chain gaming is like very technical. It's what we're going to see, it's calling like autonomous word, which, which we're, we're starting to see other places. All right, yeah, talking, about, uh, talking about gaming and talking about the sponsors, I would like to invite Gabe from Dojo to, to make a comment on this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Gabe from the Cartridge team, but um, I'm here representing the Dojo ecosystem. Um, for those on the call who might not be uh, familiar, uh, Dojo is a provable game engine that's built using Cairo. Um, that establishes a standard for building games using smart contracts. Um, and Dojo kind of provides a, a number of tools that you can use to kind of build and deploy these games. Um, so we're, we're happy to be, you know, sponsoring the, the hackathon. Um, we've been doing a number of game jams where, you know, people have been using Dojo to build games in short periods of time, 72 hours and, and most recently two weeks over the holidays. So um, we're excited to see kind of what, what people, people are able to build using Dojo during the hackathon. Is there a, sorry, was there a specific question or we're kind of just riffing on uh, building decentralized no, games? I, I would like uh, you to, to make the topic for the about the games and also to present the, the fact. Yeah, 
Okay, got it. So I'll, I'll start with the track. I think, um, you know, ultimately um, the, the, the track is fairly simple. Um, the goal is really just to build a game using Dojo. Um, I would say that, um, you know, to be more specific so far as the criteria for the projects that we'll assess for winning the track are really kind of building games that utilize the um, kind of like uniqueness of like what Dojo enables. And so I think that um, oftentimes when we, we talk about kind of Dojo, we talk about um, provable games. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I think... Um, you know, in, in the past in these game jams and kind of hackathons, we've seen teams build like a, a, a variety of different types of games. Most recently we announced um, a Unity SDK that will allow people to build Unity games. And we saw a really cool one come out of the holiday game jam called Starcane. So, um, you know, building like high fidelity games with like cool experiences is kind of, um, you know, one avenue that we, we find really compelling. Another is, um, Another team won the Holiday Game Jam, um, uh, building a game uh, that's kind of a, a dual game where people are kind of fighting with like pistols and swords. Um, and the the kind of like cool component of that game is really focused on the use of like secret information um, and people kind of committing moves um, ahead of the actual combat taking place. So I think that so far as like on-chain games go, um, it, it, it's such a, like a vast design space. Um, I think that, you know, the, the comments that Louis made kind of about um, uh, you know, like the decentralized nature of these games and kind of uh, censorship resistance and platform risk are, are, are kind of certainly kind of like part of the thesis. Um, but I think that there's also kind of just like on a smaller scale, cool game mechanics, game mechanics that can be designed um like the uniquely using a provable game engine so um as far as the track goes like i said the the main criteria is just to build a game using the dojo game engine and to really emphasize the things that are unique about dojo um one other comment that i'll make is that um one of the kind of interesting and unique capabilities of a fully on-chain game is this idea of extensibility and composability so um, while the the project that needs to be submitted um, for the hackathon needs to be built during the hackathon window, um, it's it's fair for our track to kind of extend an existing ecosystem. So, um, for example, um, Realms is a is a really prominent uh, ecosystem within uh, you know Starknet and Dojo Gaming. If you wanted to build an extension of an existing Realms game or you know a new game that is kind of um, built on top of their kind of world contract, you can do that as long as the game is built during the hackathon. Um, so yeah, let me pause there. I'm happy to answer any kind of additional questions about it. That's amazing. I believe that probably there will be a lot of developers interested on, on this track, keeping in mind Dojo technology and also the interest for on-chain gaming. Thanks a lot for, for your introduction to the track. And I want to continue with Pragma. Hi, Edward. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, hello. I'm doing great. Can you can you all hear me well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. And, and thanks a lot uh, for, for both uh, Pekai and and Starcraft team to organize this, this hackathon uh, and to invite us to, to have a track uh, again. So a uh, quick word about what we do, so we are uh, the leading oracle in Starknet, and what makes us the best oracle in Starknet is that our, our stack is on chain, so it's on Starknet. So um, 
how the, the price feed happened to be published on, on stock that is we have a different list different um set of, of data publishers those are like for example like exchange or market makers or for example avenue uh, which is the, the leading uh, one of the best aggregator on stocknet um, and they all push the prices for example the price feed of bitcoin or, or ethereum um, on chain and these these price feed can be used to 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 create new DeFi application for example money market uh, but we can go way more further and that's what we want to see during this hackathon is um, new DeFi primitive because the beautiful thing about Starknet is like it can do way more complex and way more computational requirement uh, application uh, which will obviously like, push the boundaries um, of 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 Starknet uh, of of the DeFi application um, and that's what we want to see and that's what we want to support um, so. On the on on our description, you can see a few examples, and of course, we are happy to support new innovative and new ideas. Um, so so make sure to check and and make sure to to ping to ping us on on Telegram and to join our Telegram as well group. Amazing! Thank you, Edward, for the introduction, and we invite the developers to check the Taikai web, the different categories. To see the descriptions and we we want to you to participate on on the track that you you prefer well i want to invite antoine from argent wallet to present the, their track and also talk about the about the project hi antoine yeah jim jim um yes sound quality is a bit choppy on my end so let me know if uh for some reason you you, you, don't, you don't hear me anymore um, but yeah, so Argent is also very happy to join this hackathon. Um, you might know Argent X as being, you know, the first wallet on Starknet and today, um, still the biggest wallet. We have more than 2 million wallet downloads, which is uh, pretty big. Um, but actually Argent's story began way before Argent X and, uh, already back in 2018, we used to have a mobile wallet on Ethereum layer one. Um, simply because we think that the future of Web3 is mobile. Um, mobile wallets, you know, enable to unlock new geographies, um, new demographics, new use cases, and basically simply allow to push blockchain services to new audiences um, that are probably less um, tech-savvy and also like less Web3 savvy. Um, and so we now have also a mobile wallet on StarkNet. It's been uh, a few months now. Uh, simply because we think that Starknet is probably the best place to drive this vision, you know, of of, of bringing Web3 um, to a, a bigger audience. But at the same time, you also realize that many dApps are still not optimized for mobile users. Um, and so in the Argent Hackathon track, your challenge will be to develop a consumer product that is optimized for mobile experience. So that means being mobile responsive, um, being compatible with, you know, mo mobile usages, um, having seamless connection to the Argent mobile wallet. Um, and so we will allocate a $2,000 bounty to this, um, to that track and also potentially a feature in the Argent mobile app. If hackers come up with a very nice product, I would be very happy to, you know, feature it and simply push it to, to our user base. Um, and then probably the last thing I would like to mention is that we also encourage hackers that are hacking on other tracks. So typically if you are building a, a game on, on Dojo or doing some 
um, DeFi stuff in the Avenue or um, Jedi Swap track, please actually, you know, make your project mobile compatible from day one. And that way you will simply be automatically joining the Argent track as uh, if you want as well. Um, so yeah, I guess that, that, that'd be it on my end. All right. Thank you for your time, Antoine. And we encourage all developers to develop on, on mobile. <laughs> that, that I think it's something too necessary in the, in the crypto space. Okay, the last one, Herodotus. We have Oiji representing the project. I would like to invite you to, to present the track, talk about it. Hi guys, thanks for having me. So um, for those who is not familiar with what Herodotus does, is we provide smart contracts with synchronous access to current and historical on-chain data across um, Ethereum layers, including StarkNet. And um, the way I really like to describe it is that um, it basically gives smart contracts to superpowers. The first one is the ability to access history. So you are no longer constrained by 256 blocks. You can access data all the way back to Genesis. And um, the second superpower is the ability to read data from other chains in a completely trustless manner, um, relying purely on cryptography. But um, here, the best part is that you, as an end developer, you don't need to know any of the cryptographic primitives. Um, we abstract basically all the complexities away, um, dealing with circuits and stuff, and we provide you an API key. So um, I guess some of the use cases that um, maybe hackers can get aspired from, um, well, they're all mentioned in the documentation, but um, one of them, um, Louis mentioned as well before, those are like trustless bridges, um, cross-chain lending applications, um, wallet with an account recovery feature, for example, um, gaming, casinos, since you can access them, random randomness as well generated by the consensus layer. And um, yeah, I guess, well, here you're really limited to, to, to your imagination. Um, as for the track and what we're looking for, um, well, it's utilization of the Herodotus API. And whether you choose to build um, a cross-layer interaction or utilize it to access historical data or both, it's completely up to you. Um, I think one thing I would like to mention as well, that there is um, an interactive resource hub for building with Herodotus. Um, I think the link will be provided on um, TechAI platform as well, but basically you can obtain your API key there. You can check your transaction status and um, detailed information about the requested proof as well. And we do have our Discord and Telegram groups available and always happy to answer any additional questions. Um, so yeah, thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Oiji. Thank you a lot. And thank you everyone for the sponsor that joined the space. Definitely the, the hackathon has a lot of opportunity for developers, not only to earn, but also to discover and try new products and new technologies from the StarNet ecosystem. I want to move forward with, with the next question to Luis, and it's about the, the expectations that you have from participants. Uh, what do you expect from the developers? And also, if you want to, to give them some tips uh, related to the evaluation criteria. Uh, can you repeat the question? Sorry, I had a uh, connection for a second. Yes, of course. I want to ask, uh, to use some details about your expectations from the deliverables, from the developers, and also if you want to to give them some tips 
related to the evaluation criteria? What do you want to see from them? I mean, it's not very complicated. Uh, have fun, cool, cool beer, beer, cool shit. Um, um, and if the, if they can be actually productized, even better. So the very concrete is like originality, creativity, and uh, likelihood of success as a as a company or as a project. Um, uh, yeah. So this kind of um, of uh, so. Originality, creativity, effort, quality of code, and obviously likelihood to succeed as a as a as a company. That's right. Also, Enrique, do you have some tips for developers, keeping in mind your hackathon experience? Uh, I would say that. Um, sometimes the more crazy you go with your ideas, the best result you have, because, um, <laughs> from the organizers and jury side, they are also, uh, they might expect some kind of applications to be made, but I think the surprise element is definitely a factor to, to keep in mind as a builder. So that will be my tip for them. Great. Great. Well, um, Luis, I don't know if you have. Uh, on hand the, the agenda of the hackathon, the different activities uh, to, to make mention of them and also to invite the developers to the onboarding week and highlight the, the registrations, closing and so on. So, uh, for what I remember, there is a, a base camp, which would be like a, an onboarding process class happening uh, next week. I don't have access to the, to the, to the extra agenda and also it's more Liran who organized that. And, um, but there are like a bunch of pre, uh, pre classes for those who don't know Cairo yet, as well as various, um, workshop by the various sponsors to explain to you how you build shit, how you build things and how you make them good. Um, everything is on the website, uh, the takeout website as uh, available in the link. Um, so if they want more info, they can obviously DM me or DM you guys and find more and be, be happy to reply to them in, in, um, in the, and find them the best information you need. Yeah. All right. I just yes. Wanted to... uh, go, go, go. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, just go, wanted go, go. to add on this that um, these onboarding sessions and pretty much uh, the warm up to the to the actual hackathon. I think it's it's a very important initiative. So participants will have access to all of of this information and workshops uh, with Starkware and all the sponsors. And I think. Sometimes participants focus a lot on the hackathon itself and what can they uh, gain from that. So that's totally, totally normal. But I think people are now starting to realize the value of having this kind of um, interactions with all the teams before the hackathon. Also because it really prepares, prepares them better um, to, to the challenge. On top of this, for everyone that might feel that uh, this hackathon is not really their fit. This hackathon is for everyone. And these onboarding sessions and workshops are really to, to help everyone to feel comfortable when it comes to, to the challenge itself. Yeah, we have a pinned on the, on the space, the tweet where you can find the hackathon link and just head over the, the Taikai site to the hackathon page and you can find all of the links, the information, and the timelines to join the, the workshops, 
the, the base camps that Luis did mention, and also the sham sessions from every sponsor that will talk about the, the tracks and introduce you to, to their products. I have one more last question to you, Enrique, as to give some insights and also recommendations to the Starnet team. What you could do after the hackathon? Like we, in our experience, we see you organize a hackathon, you have some challenge to overcome during the hackathon. And then after the hackathon, sometimes uh, uh, projects miss like the next actions to take and who can take the benefits that happened on the, on the hackathon. But what do you have to say here? Yeah, actually, I think this is the, the critical point when usually um, the connection breaks between all the organizers and all the projects that were, that were done on the hackathon. I think we should address uh, this topic more often and more respons in a responsible way because we are also allowing people to keep building on top of uh, our ecosystem. So I think it's a very important step um, from, from a hackathon. So following the hackathon, I, th I think it's essential to capitalize on the innovations and projects that emerge from the hackathon. And for the Starquare team and all the sponsors, this means that you should closely engage with the projects that have shown potential and perhaps that also explore new ways uh, to work on top of your tech. Uh, supporting these projects behind the hackathon, I think it's crucial and you have several ways to do it. You can do it through mentorship, partnerships, uh, grants, acceleration programs, or even a broad integration of these projects inside the ecosystem. I think this is very important and also provides even more value uh, to all the participants. And additionally, I think it's also important to gather uh, feedback from all of these all, all of these builders and learn from their hackathon experience and from the products that they use throughout the hackathon also to to go to to lead to lead you on a path to future improvements of the products. So I think this is very important uh, for any hackathon that that we do, and all parties should be. Uh, most interested also after the hackathon. So it's a crucial moment. And I think this will help to build a sustainable ecosystem afterwards that continuously benefits uh, all parties involved. And I think it will exponentiate even more um, the connection from these builders uh, to your ecosystem and projects. On top of this, as we see this as a, a big flaw uh, on the ecosystem, at least on, on, on a good number of hackathons that we have been uh, involved. We are also launching uh, or working on something called Taikai Garden that really addresses this, this topic. So Taikai Garden, uh, as an overview, is a post-hackathon platform designed to grow and improve project development through community-driven innovation alongside the ecosystem that was built. So basically we have a set of um, initiatives inside the platform that really allows from these projects to come from a hackathon and then connect even further with the ecosystem, with mentors, and we will give them a, a test bed for them to pretty much um, evolve their project 
through uh, certain steps that we have on the way. So Takagan is not yet live. We hope that this could also help uh, everyone involved uh, to make the after hackathon a success as well. Um, so that is something that we have been working so far, but nonetheless, uh, all the tips that I gave before, I think that those are very relevant for, for everyone. Uh, Henrique, if I may add. Of course, of course. Yeah, thank you. Just, just what I want to mention that there is a collaboration between Argent and the Statement Foundation, uh, which is called Hito Studio, which is basically um, a startup studio that it can help some projects, kickstarts, and very, you know, fast, fastly get to the next stages of um, being a project to uh, becoming a company. So after uh, the hackathon, depending on how advanced the project is, they can also simply apply to um, to Hito Studio. And if they don't know how to do that, they can um, slip in into my DMs. Cool. That's that's exactly what I, I was uh, referring. This is very important because sometimes we have a lot of great quality developers developing very cool apps, but then, but then they don't have the business side of things, the marketing side of things, even the design side of things sometimes is difficult. We are now seeing a lot of these um, type of characteristics inside uh, the hackathon. So we have been we have been having more and more builders that are not only developers, but are attached to other, to other activities. But I think it's important to have uh, programs like yours uh, to really have a test bed for all these projects to grow. So congrats on that as well. And thank you for sharing. Thank you guys for your insights. I think your comments are really valuable, not only for this hackathon, but also for everyone looking to organize this kind of initiatives and also a successful hackathon. Um, okay, I think we are reaching for the five minutes of, of talk. I think we can start to wrap up. I want to ask uh, Luis and Enrique for a last comment or any final message to the to the listeners and to the people that will listen this during the next days and also add an invitation to developers to join the hackathon. You can start, Luis. Uh, sure, the last message is, first, uh, one thing is, do videos on your demo. Do demo with video, it helps a lot, the <laughs> church. Uh, and otherwise, just as I said, have fun, build, create something new. Don't try to do something, you what you think is already cool because it already exists. If it already exists, it's, it's annoying, it's boring. They probably do it better than you, because they're a company. Do cool stuff on your, on your own, on your own ideas, and you'll be successful. And do videos. Yeah, I agree with Luis, and I also think that's important to be uh, to build something out of the box. So that's my my first tip. The other tip is uh, whether are you an experienced builder or not, but you want to be involved in the hackathons, you should apply uh, to this one because, as I told you, you have all sorts of resources uh, to be acquainted with everything that you need to know to participate. I think more than building and the pressure of building cool stuff, it's also the networking opportunities and also to get to know people inside uh, an ecosystem that is growing. So that's also a very uh, positive uh, thing that we, that we see that hackers usually grab from the hackathons and also to invite everyone for 
the first StartNet Basecamp base session that will be on the 19th of January. So feel free to join and tune in. And if you have questions, you will be um, helped on this session. So I invite everyone and also thank you for all everyone that was uh, a part of these spaces and the special thanks uh, to Louis and all the sponsors involved. And yeah, that's it from my side. All right. I would like to say the same thank you, Luis, for showing his place. Also, thank you, Antoine, Oiji, Gabe from Dojo, Edward. I, I believe that this hackathon will be a great success and we will work for that. So thank you to everyone who attend. If you want to find more information of the hackathon, you can see you can check the, the pinned tweet. Also, you can contact us to, to see the you can check the, the Starnet. Twitter, the Star Wars Twitter, and yeah, let's go, let's build, let's hack, as Louis said, be creative and and just do it. Have an amazing rest of the week and see you in the next episode, guys. Thank you for joining. Thank you, Professor. Thank you, bye-bye. Thank you very much, bye-bye.